Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. Member of Parliament representing the people of Westlands constituency in Nairobi, Timonyoni, is our next guest. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you, Mweshimiwa. I'm good. Yeah, I'm happy. Very good. Yes. Mweshimiwa, we just had a conversation with the Senator Edwin Sifuna. Yes. And at the beginning of the conversation, he was telling us that uh, his phone is constantly inundated with messages from constituents asking for help here and there because of the tough economic situation. Somebody saying, I'd like to send my child to school. Please assist me with school fees. Somebody saying, I have not been able to feed my, feed my family or I'm having difficulty just feeding my family. How can you help me? You are not a one or two term member of parliament for Westlands mm. constituency. What are you, can you say the same is happening with your phone? Unlike the senator, me, I have a constituency office and all um, requests or any, anything that people want from me, they direct to the office. Along the way, the way I have served the people of Westlands, we agreed uh, my phone, you call me when it's very necessary. Otherwise, if you have something that you want attended, go to the office and we will serve you. And uh, it works. What kind of requests is your office receiving? Fees, funeral, um, health issues, all manner of things, by the way. Mm. All manner of things. Somebody comes and says, my children have not eaten for two days. So you sometimes... You know, you don't even ask a question. You just have to do something for them. Yeah. But is there but any things difference? But things are bad. really bad. How different is it this time from yeah. how it was, let's say, five years ago or ten years ago? No, right now it's, it's worse. It's, it's, it's bad. Mm. There's no money. There's nothing going on. Like, people have closed down. Even those who are employed have been fired. And they have to pay rent, they have to, pay, to feed their children, children have to go to school. And the other thing that is now really bothering us is the kind of uh, school fees uh, schools are asking from parents. Now, even primary schools, which we know is supposed to be free education, they are paying fees. And not small fees, they are paying a lot of money. Look at this monster called Junior Second. This Junior Secondary, I don't know of what purpose is going to serve in our education system because these children are just trapped somewhere in between. There's a standard aid, there's a junior secondary, this mm. another level of... And there, the, the, the transition is that they must have uniform like the secondary school. And the standard seven who are senior to them, they are wearing the normal uniform. primary uniform. <laughs> so, and then they are paying also a lot of money. Uniform alone is costing almost 20000 uniform mm. and the government has promised they'll pay 15,000 mm. for their capitation that money has not arrived in schools not yet. these children are supposed to be in schools the infrastructure has not changed 
at first you know they had put this thing at the second school yes. the second then they removed it moved it back to the primary schools yeah. mm-hmm. so most of those schools are not prepared mm-hmm. to receive this uh, um, junior second mm-hmm. so they are there trapped somewhere and they have one teacher the government posted one teacher we could, we could sit for days and talk about the different things that need attention we can talk from you know the rising cost of living food and otherwise we can talk about you know the diabolical situation in the education sector that you mentioned we can talk about the health sector we can talk about infrastructure we can go on and on and on as somebody who has seen things unfold in being able to govern a particular area is it possible to be able to keep a handle on all of these things and do them well at the same time I think that would set now course for us to now be able to discuss. Is it possible to be able to say, okay, let me handle education a little bit, sort it out. Let me see what I can do to make life a little bit more bearable for the citizen in terms of food and livelihood. Let me see if I can sort out the health. Is it possible for all these things to be handled simultaneously? Um, not. It's it's a delicate balance, but uh, sometimes you have to look at what is most most urgent thing to be done. For example, somebody who comes, children have not gone to school, but the the worst thing is that they have not fed for a day or so. So even if you enable them to go to school, these people are hungry. They need to eat. And without food, that child, even if he goes to school, it's a useless thing mm. because he will not concentrate, he will not learn. And so we have to start with the basics. These people need food, bottom line. And then you can sort out the other things. Mm. Once you sort out the stomach issues, at least the rest can sort themselves out. And we have always said the, the government, don't try to do everything at the same time. Do the basics. <laughs> La- let the people do the rest. Because if, if people are able to have food, if people are, are able to uh, go for have health check without any issues, and people are have security, the rest of the things they'll sort themselves out. I, I, I believe that. Mm. You know, during the COVID period, um, the government then reacted to helping people cope with the situation, understanding that people were not going to be going to work, understanding that there were many people who were losing jobs, understanding that even businesses had to shut down because of COVID. The government came up with all these measures, for example, reduction in VAT, reduction in income tax. Uh, setting aside money and saying that this money is going to help people, indigents here and there. Is it the kind of thing that you hope the government would do or do you have a different approach this time? I think the, the, the best thing is to do things that are sustainable because some of those are just short interventions mm-hmm. that can enable people to move on or, or deal with, with the current situation. But going forward, you cannot sustain that because uh, if you say the government will feed people, then people will sit back and wait for it to be fed. Some other countries, they create, uh, like in India, they have something called the ration shops, whereby people go there and get these things at very, very affordable rates that they can, you know, go on uh, uh, feeding themselves and doing things like that. But here, I think we have not um, had a good solution to reach even these handouts that we see people going to relieve food, chunini. Mm. That relief food, you know, they will give you once and then they go away. Yeah. They don't know how you will survive after when this food is over. So it is better we do something that is consistent, that is uh, sustainable, 
than uh, coming up with their short interventions. Because if 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 we say we, we must find a way, I was listening to the president of Zimbabwe and saying they have found a way now to um, have a food security and are going to do education and this education will produce enough food that will feed the citizens of the country. He says they can even now they have learned that with their own scientists with the oil in Ukraine they can produce fertilizer instead of importing fertilizer. So you mm. have to look for home ground solutions and these sometimes are just within the people. Me when, when we are growing up these problems we are seeing today they were never there. Mm. People produced food, people produced you know basics that were there. Only a few things that were maybe hard uh, to come about, but the rest of the things were available. What are these sustainable solutions then? Sustainable solution is to make sure that you create an enabling environment for people to find way to work and earn a living. And that make, you make sure that uh, the government must make sure that the tax level must be reduced. And then the access to credit facilities, mm. those who are doing business, are affordable. The farmers who are farming, they must have a market for their, their, their food and their stuff to come and sell, and on and on like that. And uh, as we say, if, if education is free, mm. it must be free. It should not be free just by policy, but <laughs> it's not free at all. The minister looks helpless. I don't know why. Mm. Which minister? The minister for education. He seems not to know what is actually <laughs> his commander <laughs> seems to be <laughs> you, you, you know one of the things that I think would confuse anybody who ascends to a position of authority like say a minister is that some of these problems we speak of are not a creation of this government they are things that have existed they've simply come in at a time when should we say the intensity of the problems are greater and the manner in which they go about handling these particular problems or at least what we are presented with doesn't inspire confidence that they are actually going to solve the problems they're claiming that they're mm. solving. Mm. You see, when one gets mixed messages and Mwishimua uh, Sifuna said this clearly and you've repeated it, that if the fundamentals aren't being taken care of, then how do you expect someone to believe in these grander things that you keep talking about and yet something which is fundamental to them and everybody agrees it is fundamental mm. cannot be resolved. So how then can you claim and how believable is it that you will then be able to resolve a far more complex problem? Yes. And you know the, the, the problem is sometimes we want to solve a problem and you don't know what the problem is. These people, if they went down to the ground mm. and they went to the place where people are living mm. and also have that interaction with what is happening, especially in schools. Me, I spend time in my schools and I know what goes on in those schools. Mm. So if I go there and they tell me that they don't have toilets, I know for sure they don't have toilets. I'll have to do for them that thing. And uh, these are some of the things that we want these ministers to come out of their big offices and go to the people and listen to the people. And the constitution provides that before you make some certain decisions, there must be public participation. You mm. must go there and and engage. Do you think the, the, the problem is that they don't, really, really, that they don't understand what people are going through and that's now why you see this. Do you think that they don't know or that they do know but are not giving it the requisite action? They have theories but they don't have practical solutions. They, somebody will advise him, an officer, a, 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 
who is sits in the office. For example, the guys who sit in treasury. When you go there and say, uh, Minister of Education's budget is 500 billion. The guy with a pen, without even asking why 500 billion, he'll just reduce that money maybe to 200 billion. <laughs> <laughs> he has no, he has not gone out there to find out what is it that this guy want this kind of money. Mm. They just reduce with a pen. Mm. No, no. Sometimes that is where the problem begins. There are people who have got disconnect between the, the what is the, the real thing and what is uh, in his mind. So he wants to do this but his mind is telling something different so you go there argue and argue and argue with them mm. before they agree and even if they agree reluctantly they set a certain limit mm. we are giving you this much i know this will work mm. so you go back there and start saying where well, can we reduce and people have already budgeted mm. maybe they have already even spent that money mm. yeah is there a case to be made for spending money in the interim to take care of these problems i mean because again previously we heard that look while these plans that you have are unfolding, because mm -hmm. look, there are plans. Uh, yes, yes, yes. There are plans to get things done. We have heard, well, we'll wait and see the result of those. Is there merit in saying, okay, gather up some shillings here, put money in subsidies so that people can eat today, make things a little bit easier. If you need to then go back to parliament and say, guys, we need some money to be able to sort out this education problem. Yeah. I mean, like you said, well, we're going to the end of the first term in school and there's some capitation money that has not been released to schools. The reason being that treasury is not able to release because there's no money. Yeah. So, does it make sense to look for a little bit more in the interim, spend a bit of it in order to release the pressure that there is on the people, send your children to school, mm. put money into some of these places so that we can have a reduced pressurized system as we yeah. wait for these other things to that is come correct. about? Uh, that is correct. There's always a, a way to find a, a quick solution, a quick intervention. Then after that, then you look for a long-term solution. Because like now the cost of food, we know in three or four months, people will harvest food. There will be food, there will be more food, then they can, they can go back to the normal. But right now, things are not working because there's no food, there's no, uh, people don't have money and all like that. So if the government comes in with short interventions, then they can allow people now, once food is harvested and there's food in the market, then the price can go back to... Um, the normal and uh, let things work the way they have to work. But sometimes that is not the, the situation. We create that and you see right now, like right now people have, if you go to the Rift, uh, Rift Valley and western part of Kenya, the farmers have food, mm -hmm. a lot of it, and they want to sell. The government is not buying, but the government is talking about importing. Mm. So how can you import when you have not known how, what is the shortfall? If you buy what the farmers have and you say now we are, we are expecting six million packs, but we have we only, only managed four. to get four, mm. we have now to import two million. Mm. But now, if we have not done that, how do you just go to import and you are leaving the farmers food to rot mm. in their homes and their stores? So, Mushima, what exactly is our problem? Is it food shortage or high food prices? Because food shortage is not really the issue. Food I don't shortage think so. would mean you go to yeah. the market yes. and there are no items in the market. You go to shops and there are empty shelves. What the problem is, we should be real. We should actually 
solve our problems by dealing with the situation as it is there. Mm. Because if you say uh, we have food shortage and you have not gone to the ground and established that, that there's food shortage, the millers, now you, you talk about the millers, it's yep. because who are milling. They buy food, these things from the, the government stores. Yep. So if the government does not have this food from, in the stores, these guys will look for alternative and buy, and they will buy from outside. They will not buy even from, from the local farmers. Mm -hmm. so, so some of those things, I believe that in those days of, in the 70s, in the 80s, we used to have this co these things called cooperative societies. And the cooperative societies are the ones who used to buy food from the farmers, and then they take it to the to the, uh, uh, to, the to, to the silos. Mm. Now, the farmers have to go and sell direct to the silos, and sometimes it's very difficult because mm. a farmer who has just sent 10 packs of maize, how will he go and struggle and go and cure the silos for, yeah. for days and days before they sell? Yeah. And you reach there, they'll tell you, you pour down all the the, 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 the maize you have brought Sorry. because they have to check the moisture mm. contents, they have to check what... So it's very difficult, but those cooperative societies, I think they were a very good idea, and the government maybe should think of reviving those uh, cooperative, uh, cooperative societies in those local areas. And also, um, you know, India has got so many people, and India is able to feed themselves. During the, uh, the reign of Indira Gandhi, mm. she came up with something called agrarian revolution. Mm. And that agrarian revolution was now to revolution as how they can produce enough food to feed their population without looking outside. And they identified areas where they can do that. And those areas, they went and combined small farms into big farms and moved people to something they created called model towns. Mm. They live in model towns, the farms are left so that they can do a large-scale farming. And with that, they are able to solve their problem with food. food. They'll produce enough food. Those people who are moved to model towns, now the government will bring those food now in those something called ration shops so that they, are co they go there and, and collect their food from there. But those farms which were surrendered to the government, they were paid and the government compensates them for that. So you find that, I think that was a very good way of doing uh, that for, 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 for India to solve the problem. And we can still do it even here. Because here, the good thing is that the environment is good. Mm. We have abundance of rain. The arable land in Kenya is bigger than, uh, you know, it, it's enough to to produce uh, uh, enough food to feed our population. Mm. Yeah. This is the Situation Room, the only way to start your day. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.